Today's episode of No Sleep Till Belmont is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to nosleep.robinhood.com. That's nosleep.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not an investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation for any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. Welcome back, everybody. This is Arthur Staple, your average beat writer from The Athletic. You're listening to No Sleep Till Belmont, the Islanders podcast from The Athletic. Joined, as always, uh, out in frigid Minnesota, although it's pretty frigid <laughs> and sitting here in the press room in Madison Square Garden. Uh, it's Mark Parrish. I'm not beating you by much, am I, buddy? How was... Uh, I, I saw one picture of you uh, hitting, <laughs> hitting the deck at uh, Hockey Day in Minnesota. Was that uh, was that the highlight? Was you, was you falling down? Uh, or There had to be something better than that, right? Uh, apparently, apparently that was the <laughs> highlight because it's all over the place and made all the papers out here, and it's hysterical. My 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 wife even brought up Nikki brought it up that every time I get my picture in the papers or I make a website or anything, I'm always getting run over. Like I'm always the guy like getting. I'm I'm there's like L.A. Kings, a famous one of me, like literally just face right up to that net cam, and <laughs> just looking goofy as can be. And Sports Illustrated, I'm getting run over by somebody by Carolina. It's hysterical how every time my picture makes the paper, I'm the one taking a beating yeah well um that's a good theme for us to start with here because (laughs) uh we're not quite to the islanders uh all-star slash five-day break they've got one more obviously tonight here at the garden against the rangers and the games that we didn't uh, get to cover between this week and last week um we need to talk about them but i imagine that islander fans will wince as they hear us breaking these three games down from from third last week thursday saturday and sunday um, we could go in reverse order because the game Sunday in Carolina, which was a two-one shootout loss, was the was the most pleasant one of all of them. Where the <laughs> Islanders played well and worked hard, and uh, you know, near, probably could have won that game on a couple different opportunities and ended up losing in the coin flip shootout, <clears throat> which was a nice response from twenty-four hours earlier, twenty-eight hours earlier. Yes. So we'll dive into that one. That one first. That Washington game where. The Islanders were up 4-1 after two periods and then lost 6-4. Um, first time, actually, in six seasons, I believe, that the Islanders gave up a three-goal lead after two periods. Last time they did it was in Minnesota, uh, which was a memorable wow. game because that was the game that uh, Matt Martin drilled Keith Ballard into the wall and basically ended his career. Oh, and it think, did end his career. He yeah, never another game. <laughs> yeah, that was, and it was a nasty hit. It was not It was not a deliberate target hit. The Wild were upset about it. Um 
Martin actually went on and scored a goal in that game, and then they came back and won kind of wild fashion. And former Islanders Thomas Vanek and Nino Niederreiter were the ones that kind of pushed it over the edge, as I recall. It was a crazy one. Anyway, this one was suitably crazy. There was no big hit that precipitated the comeback, but there was something uh, that probably played a role. You know, I think I think yep. if Devontae does the Evgeny Kuznetsov bird celebration on the goal to make it 4-1, and the Islanders end up winning 7-1, no one cares except the guys in the caps who took note of it and will remember it the next yeah. time they play. And Tom Wilson would go and have a word or TJ Bushy or whoever. <laughs> and then that's it. But as it happens, uh, Devontae did do the Kuznetsov bird celebration. The caps did get pissed off. They did come back and win. Um, and uh, the Islanders were, you know, looked like idiots as a result. And, when you're in that situation, Mark, where you've got a guy, and certainly Devontae's, I don't you know, I've dealt with him for a couple of years now. He's as mild-mannered a guy as you can imagine. I think he just got caught up in the moment of scoring a big goal. Um, you know, there's all kinds of excuses you can yeah. make. It was stupid. It was stupid and immature. It was stupid. Barry called it immature. Devontae's told my colleague at Newsday, Andrew Gross, it was stupid, and I can't believe I did it. You know, everybody feels that way, and I'm sure uh, it's it's – you know, like I said, if the Islanders win, it's a harmless mistake and it doesn't get repeated. But now it gets blown up. And when you're on the when your teammates with a guy who does something like that rather unexpectedly, do you just kind of say like, why, why are we even trying? You know, like they're these guys are a good team and they're playing dead because their break's coming up. Let's just let them exactly. play dead for the rest of the game and get out of here. Oh, I've heard a ton of different ways. Don't poke the bear, let a sleeping tiger lie, all that kind of thing. And that's exactly what they had. And it's just, yeah, it was. It was a, it was a young hockey player. Immaturity got caught up in the moment. And, yeah, with all that offense, with everything that Washington has, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Oshie, Backstrom, all these guys, all this talent that they have, uh, you just can't do something like that. You've got them down and out. Don't give them a reason, you know, the bulletin board material, whatever it may be. You just let them lay like, hey, they if we just keep playing, just keep playing hard, keep our heads down. You know, they're already on vacation. That's it. And then you taunt them. And there's one thing at professional athletes. We are we are we you have to be uber competitive to just get to that level, let alone stay in the NHL or the NFL or NBA, whatever it is. You, you have this. I'm not going to be embarrassed. As soon as you start to feel you're embarrassed, that's when everything goes awry. You just you get fired up. You find energy you didn't have. You just find a way to scratch and claw, and all of a sudden you're you're right back into the game. And that's exactly what happened with Taves. He just it was an immature move, uh, and it woke him up. It got him going. Whether you know maybe they would have woken up on their own, but either way, you gave them a reason to get pissed off, and you just don't ever want to do that. Yeah, and I, and you know, we we have to qualify all this because it wasn't a direct correlation. Nobody said like we saw that, and now we're mad, and we're going to come yeah, back no. and win. I mean, the goal came with about five minutes left in the second period, and the Caps continued to sleepwalk through the end of that period. <laughs> so I'm sure whatever Todd Reardon had to say to them, or a player stepped up and said in that room, had a lot more to do with it, and also for the most sure. to do with it was. Ross Johnston letting Carl Hagelin, who's about half his size, get behind him and get positioned for the for the quick goal that the Caps needed to kind of get themselves going. And then, yep. you know, Josh Bailey making a kind of a soft play. Uh, Jacob Vrana picks it off. That was the winner with about two and a half minutes left in regulation. Um, you know, Ovechkin's goal to make it 4-3. Great play on Mayfield. He flips it back and he banks off of Ryan Pollock and goes in. Great players get the bounces like that. They got another yep. bounce on the 4-4 goal, but 
you know, Dmitry Orlov had about 10 seconds to, to tee up a big shot that ended up clicking off somebody's skate and going in. These are the kinds of things that I think that, to me, you know, Barry was upset about what Taves did, but I think he was yeah. more upset about how soft they played in that period because that has not been the way that they've been since he's been here, really, for the majority of the time. I can, You know, you can think of uh, a couple of instances where they played some soft third periods when they had a lead, um, and most of them were early on last year before they really had that identity, before he'd kind of drilled it into them that this is, you know, this is the team if we're if – we're, going to play soft we're never going to have a chance because we're not skilled enough and i think that third period more than just the taves celebration was a bunch of guys who started kind of turning away from their identity i think kind of you know barry said it the next day we we were up 4-1 and some guys thought we were going to make it 5-1 6-1 we had enough and and when we talk about the islanders and their the the issues that have cropped up throughout this year, you know, having the ability to score key goals or score more than a couple sometimes, have that game-breaking guy, you don't need it when you're up 4-1. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, to go along with that too is, is uh, you know, if you're Coach Trotz or if you're on the bench as an older guy uh, for the Islanders, where's where's their head at? Where's Taze's head at? If, if, if you're making a celebration if you're doing a celebration like that you know stealing a celebration you're just not focused on the game if you're focused on the game and you're continuing just you 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 play zero zero you don't play the score you just play the game uh you focus on that process and that's where you kind of go uh-oh where, where's his head at then are we already we do we already have this chalked up as a win because there's still 20 minutes to play against a team that's not too far away or isn't far away from winning their stanley cup and has a boatload of offense and that's the biggest problem was that it wasn't necessarily that Taze woke them up it's that it, the islanders relaxed like yeah. they kind of took it easy like as you were saying like that that's the that's the main concern about that it's not that you're and yeah you, you don't want to poke the bear and you don't want like what, what we spoke about earlier but more importantly like where is your head at if you're focusing on a celebration like that as opposed to just you know good goal let's go let's get back at it right back next face off next shift keep this move keep this train rolling type of thing and that that's the concern on the islanders bench yeah and uh it Really uncharacteristic of them, I think, too. From mm-hmm. uncharacteristic from Taves, but uncharacteristic soft play from them when, in a in a game that they knew was going to get. You know, they knew they caps. Everybody who says, "Well, we knew they were going to make a push," but it's the caps. You know, they're going to make a push. It's yeah. they're not going to they're not going to you know whimper out like that. The funny thing was, everyone said, "Oh, Kuznetsov will be upset." Kuznetsov looked like well, that was the most checked out I've ever seen him play against the Islanders. <laughs> so it wasn't he had nothing to do with it. Everybody else got pissed <laughs> off. So. Um, yeah, and it was, you know, to kind of recap, re go, you know, look back again at the the Carolina game on Sunday. It was, yeah, that was an important one. You know, the results aren't always going to be there. Um, they got a point out of it. They fought back from a, you know, an early goal that was, uh, uh, you know, uh, another couple of soft plays to try to exit the zone and deflected mm-hmm. puck that goes in. So you're thinking like, oh, here we go again. You know, we're gonna might we're hanging our heads, but they did not at all, and they they really ground out that point. Shootout is what it is. The ice was terrible. A couple of guys lost pucks before they even got a shot off, which was strange to see. But um, I think they needed that 65-minute effort to really remind themselves, this is who we are, and we can't get away from it because that's the only way we're going to get points. Um, Yeah, you you play the right way, and you hope, and you you don't always get the results. And at least uh, 
that that's a good thing. Like it's a the moral victory, as you could say. You know, the shootout. They fought back. You didn't get the bounces. Yeah, it was a one-one game. You can look at uh, Justin Williams coming back, obviously. So Carolina's got there's more emotions going on in that locker room, bringing him back in. Uh, so yeah, that that one's not bad. That one is that one you you don't even feel bad about. You know, you, it stinks that you only got one point. You weren't able to win. You weren't win the shootout, whatever it may be. Uh, but that being said, at least a, as a player and as a team, they can lay their lay their head on the pillows that night and feel good about themselves yeah um so now we'll we'll double back to the 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 game that kind of started it all (laughs) over the the long weekend uh it was thursday night at the coliseum when uh derek broussard took a a cross-checking penalty in the final minute of a 2-2 game in regulation uh rangers immediately went to work chris Kreider scored on the rebound 24 seconds and change left um and it went from a game the Islanders have played that game a million times, uh, you know, on several dozen under Barry Trotz where you just get to overtime and figure it out then. Um, and they didn't get there, and it was, uh, you know, it, it certainly looked like uh, an embellished play by Jesper Faust, who was, not, who, was a, who was a real honest, hardworking player. There's nothing that you usually see from him where, you know, you see a guy kicking his skates up after he gets cross-checked. I don't know if I'm the ref. I kind of feel like minute left in a two-two game. I think I might just let that one pass since they're not even. You know, it didn't take away a scoring chance. It didn't do anything like yeah. that. And I understand the frustration on the Islanders' part. I also understand that once you cross-check a guy two or three times, you probably <laughs> need to back off. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it, it was not a great call. You know, for the for the situation. And I and I understand that people always say like. You know, just call a rule book, not to the situation. Well, that's nonsense. They call this. They call the situations too. It's just, it's just the way it is. Even it even in today, be. yes. And that's how, you know, it, it, for everybody who says that's a penalty, that's a penalty. The first period of the third period of overtime, like no, that's not how we want games decided. So, um, that was a it was a strangely officiated game to begin with. Um, they actually, the Islanders had gotten away with one. Pretty good. Like a minute before, Johnny Boychuk just stuck his leg out and took down Chris Kreider in, yeah. in the neutral zone on a dump in, and I was like, "Yikes!" That uh, you know, do you, do you get another chance on that one? But and that's um, why that's one of the things that you got to be even more careful because of that. That adds up in those refs' minds. Yeah, yeah. You probably you know? if you're the if you're the referee there, Garrett Rank, you're probably thinking like, "I gave you a freebie on that one. I can't, <laughs> exactly. can't take any more liberties." So, exactly. so I understand it was it was uh, time, you know, time and place. You got to be considered, but also maybe what he let go before yeah. that. Um, so yeah, that one that one really stung. And those those are you know, I imagine that feels like you know, getting smacked in the nose really hard when you have that. You don't know it's coming, and it sta- and just hangs around for a while. Mm-hmm. When you have a game like that, and the Islanders are so good at, at getting points out of games that are tied in the third period, they're really, you know, these two against Washington and the, and the Rangers back-to-back, I think maybe they're second and third regulation losses in any game where they've been tied in the third. Um, Which is and incredible. I'm gonna say I'm going to say conservatively 60% of their games have been tie games in the third period at some point. <laughs> so this is a team that knows how to how to get points, how to how to – it's not gaming the system, but it's you know this this is the point system that the NHL has. You got to get points out of those games that are tied late in the third, however you can. I understand that regulation wins is the first tiebreaker, but you got to get in the playoffs first of all, and that's still total points. And the and I think Barry Trotz and his team understand that quite well with the way that they play. That they're very good in overtime. You know they they do well with puck possession. They don't beat themselves in overtime by taking too many chances. 
So this was uh, this was a real a real blow. And and how do you know when when you're in the room after that happens? And it, it I imagine it feels a little a little different than the Tave situation where where you're feeling you're feeling angry at a certain guy for doing something unnecessary. What Broussard did borderline and you feel sympathy for him if you're a teammate but when you lose a game that suddenly that late in regulation how long does it take to kind of wash that off uh that, that's the beauty of the nhl is, is you you've only got a day or two and then you're playing the next game and, and if you're still stuck on that you, you're in trouble moving into washington uh, the, the 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 nhlers professional athletes that stick around that have a career uh short memory you just got to let it go, uh, and uh, and it is surprising how things that, how how these have kind of added up because the one thing Barry Trotz's teams are known for is how is finishing hockey games. Like yeah. they know how to finish hockey games, uh, and you know if you're a teammate and uh, and I guarantee you, Brassard, like those those that's that comes down to discipline, just mental discipline. Like you just you know you're in that area that it's getting close to the third period, getting to the end of the period, getting close to overtime. Don't even give them an opportunity. Don't even give the refs a chance to make a difference in the game, you know, and you, and you see him taking multiple shots and then, you, you know, you go back with a boy chuck. I mean, at some point, the the refs have just got to be like, you know what, I've been, I'm trying to get this to overtime for you guys, but you know what, I can't, I can't keep this going. I got to, you know, at some point make a call. So you want to just take that out of their hands and that's just staying disciplined. And it can be hard. I've, I've taken those penalties late in the game, and you're tired, you're fatigued, and, and you, you, your brain's not thinking right. Maybe you want to get off the ice, or you're sick of this guy because you've already played him a couple times, and you got to see him in a few more days. Right. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that be going through their mind, and a little frustration, a little undisciplined, and that's how it ends. And that's how competitive the NHL is. Those are the little details that you have to pay attention to as a player. And we all make them. It, it happens. Uh, and then you, you you turn around, you just kind of hope for how are they going to rebound. And then you look at the Washington game. And again, that's a bit of a concern. Uh, and, you know, moving on, Carolina finally kind of find their way. But uh, the, the biggest thing about that to me is it, it's almost um, those kind of mental mistakes for a, a Barry Trotz coach team. Uh, I, I It almost kind of scares me that they're, they've already been looking forward to this break. Like they're just they're ready. This is the grind. This is the tough part of the season, and it, I kind of feel like they're already uh, you know they've they've like you said they've made their plans for the Turks and Caicos. They've they've their Cancun or wherever they may be going. But being a professional is having that plan as well as taking care of your job every single night. Yeah, and uh, you know maybe the only good thing to come out of that 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 seventy two hours of hell was that. They've got this one game left tonight, and there's no exactly. way they can be overlooking this because if this Ugh. is a no-show, oh, my God. Oh, I don't know if uh, Lou might, Lou might uh, cancel some people's vacations. <laughs> Everyone's. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and I think the part, and I'm not trying to put rose-colored glasses on it as we kind of put a bow on last week, um, but they didn't play badly, you know. It, Washington yeah. was a terrible third period, and there was it was a real no show and a very and a big surprise. And the Ranger game was very back and forth, and it was one mistake and then a very well executed power play. Yep. I, I don't know what you do about that. So these were these were games that were crushing losses, the first two, um, yep. but they were essentially three games where the Islanders, you know, lost their focus for two set. One guy lost his focus for a second and yep. got issued a borderline penalty call. Yep. Um, and the other game was 20 minutes. So I think I think when you can take a breath from it, and especially after today, when you can take 10 days worth of breath from it, you can say, 
this team is hurting, but they're not playing poorly. They're not yes. they're not failing to generate. They're not having these systemic issues that that where you'd say I, I don't know if this is a good enough team or not. I think we know from seeing these games how tight they were at least for a little while or in one case with the Washington game how not tight it was that they were dominating that this is still a good team despite the despite the funk that they've been in for the last three weeks or so it's still a team as constituted that can win games and get in the playoffs now whether it can succeed in the playoffs as constituted is a different story but um, the one thing that you can't take away I think from these three games is that they suck and they're hopeless (laughs) no (laughs) <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. And you know, it's it's funny that, um, that like I said, these are the dog days. This is uh, it, all these guys. The way these guys train nowadays, they're, they're they're physical specimens. Like I mean, they they can handle it physically. It's it's mentally, and that's that's you look at the mistakes that they've made. You look at what you know what you've been saying is, uh, it's it's tough. This is the you know the December January. Uh, this is why uh, they need a break. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Blake Lazat, the, the rookie out in L.A., uh, an old St. Cloud, St. Cloud State alum. Uh, I was working the SCSU UMD Minnesota Duluth series, uh, and he was back for a few days. And that's uh, all he talked about is is you know going from college the the jump to stay mentally in it you know it's easy physically but if your brain's not there then you're just going to kind of shut down and you're going to make those kind of mistakes and and this is exactly why they need that break and and i loved the hearing uh young blake lizat the old husky talking about that but that's exactly true and you you look at these mistakes and uh, i guarantee you coach trotz and the rest of the coaching staff is doing the same thing like hey all right, we got one game. We focus. You be professional. Get this game, and then we can go on and relax a little bit. And you come back, and and you know what's good for the mind is good for the body. And and they come back and get back on track. Uh, it's not it's it's not surprising that they're struggling right now. It, it's just that time of year. It's the dog days of hockey season. Uh, but they also that's being professional is finding a way to fight through that and finding a way to win games when you're mentally or physically exhausted i know you guys are excited about the islanders rangers game tonight and we'll get to that but the stage is set it's down to the best of the best as we crown the football champion don't miss out get in on all the action with DraftKings sportsbook america's top rated sportsbook app DraftKings is the place to get all of your big game bets in head to the app right now and check out all that they have to offer including countless prop bets and football squares. Plus, DraftKings Sportsbook is a safe, secure, and reliable betting app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. And to top it all off, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering their best sign-up offer to date, right now. You don't want to miss this. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code QUICK when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out with a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Don't forget, that's code QUICK and get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Well, we uh, we certainly broke down the breakdowns from last week, and now uh, only one game this week to talk about, but this sort of feels like the biggest Islander Ranger game in a long, long time, and, and maybe that's just, you know, it would feel bigger if it was bigger from both teams' perspectives if we were later in the year and they were fighting for a playoff spot, let's say. But yeah. from an Islander's perspective, um, you got to get points out of this one. There's not even a, a question that uh, if this team, like you were saying, Mark, if they're a little a little bit mentally checked out, at, you know, the Rangers could jump all over them. Any team can jump all over you when you're a little mentally checked out. But, you know, yep. guys are scattering for – Warmer climates tomorrow or day after. Matthew Barzell is going to head to St. Louis as the Islanders all-star representative. Um, but nobody can be thinking about anything other than this game tonight. Correct. They have to. It's their job. Plain and simple. Yes. It's, it's yes. your job, you know? I mean, we always say you have to do your job. But 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 to, given the week that they've had that started last week yeah. with, uh, with one of their worst performances of the year here uh, in the 6-2 loss and then – you know, the crusher losing in the last minute at home um, mm-hmm. and then throw the Washington game on top of that. You know, even if you just limited it to the two Ranger games to lose to your rivals three times in eight days and then hit into a long break. I don't know if I'd want to be a player on that bench or in that dressing room after a notion if, if they don't show up very well tonight and and see Barry Trotz's face or Lula Amarillo's face and say, these guys are just going to be thinking about how much I sucked for the next 10 days. <laughs> I don't want to leave exactly. that, you know. I don't want to leave that impression with the with my bosses. No. It's it's uh, it seems like a, a an, an obvious, you know, do your job. Yes, absolutely. But also, this is a game that I think the Islanders, you know, they have to leave everything out there because you know that this is just to erase the stench of last week and also go into the the post break, uh, you know, feeling secure about their jobs and their roles and the, the, their place in the standings. Yeah, and, and, and even not just last week, I think, if I read that correctly, there are three wins in their last 10, yeah. uh, which luckily, Aki, you play enough games where, you know, those streaks will happen. The, the season is a bit of a roller coaster. You just kind of ride the wave, you know, try and stay as positive as you can and just focus on that process, focus on your game. Uh, but yeah, at least if they come out there, if they come out tonight, they play well win this game against the Rangers, then they can go and be like, okay, that was just a blip on the screen. You come back after the break. Everybody's like, okay, okay, everything's situated. That's fine. Now we move on from there. It's a the, the, the three and nine, which is amazing to me uh, <laughs> that they would do that. But I kind of love it now watching it. Not that the Islanders lost, but I do love that the <laughs> NHL kind of built that little extra bit of rivalry in there. Uh, not nice but I kind of like it as a fan. Uh, they, um, you know, they, yeah, they, they can go into that. If, you know, losing tonight, then it's all of a sudden you, you come back walking on eggshells after this break. You win tonight, you come back like, all right, we got a nice little break. Everybody's back mentally focused, feeling good physically. Everybody's rested. Let's move on and just do our thing the rest of the season, the rest of the way in, get into the playoffs and, and go from there. Yeah, and, you know, they're not... They haven't changed up very much, and uh, you know, fans vent about games in the in the immediate aftermath. They, you know, you should bench Broussard, you should bench Taves, you should bench this guy. This is not a roster that's built for sitting no. down any of their key guys. You know, um, they're going back with the same group they had on Sunday. Josh Bailey's feeling fine after he left that game with an illness. Um, mm-hmm. Same lines, uh, same deep pairs. They're going to 
you know, it's going to be five and Dobson again rotating around. It's not ideal. Um, but this is what they've got. And, you know, we could, yeah. we could delve into the trade board again if we want. I'm going to have a story coming up <laughs> uh, later this week. So we can probably do that uh, during the bye week if we're going to record a show during the bye week. I'm not sure yet. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I've been spending a lot of time talking to people I know around the league who are all convinced that Lou has something brewing. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be anything big. It doesn't seem like uh, anything big is really out there. But even just to to alter the chemistry of this team a little bit or add another veteran presence, um, not for any off-ice reasons, but just a guy who's a pro. You know, you, I think one of the things that they miss in this past week, games like they had where the breakdowns, is a guy like Val Philpola. Uh, and that's not saying they're going to go out and get Val Philpola back from Detroit by any means, but... Just as an example, that you know, when when they brought him in as a free agent, um, you know, it was a bit of it was one of those. To, you know, oh, this this guy seems like he might be a little, little, you know, past his expiration date. He's been with a couple different teams, and it was really about their pros. And that's that's the word that yeah. Barry always used about him, about Komarov, um, their pros, and they're not just showing the way for the younger guys, but also just, even for some of the guys that had been Islanders for a long time last year, who just had maybe forgotten the path of how you get to being a successful team. And, yeah. and that's hard work and just kind of doing the same thing every day. And if that's was one watchword for Val Philpola's year with the Islanders, it was consistency. He was a, he was yeah. not the flashiest guy. 17 goals seems like a stretch now for someone in the bottom six, but he, um, he provided that consistency of, you know, in his off ice, on ice, everything. And I think that was a, a real calming influence and that may be something that's missing. And that's, you know, a guy like that is probably not that difficult to find on the trade market and not that expensive. But I think for the time being, this is the group that they've got. And, you know, Ross Johnston's not in Michael Dell calls in for him. Johnston played the last game here and had a big fight with Michael Haley. Michael Haley's not going to play. So, um, you know, I, I just don't know what, despite the, the reactionary feelings after they lose a, a, a crushing game like they did twice last week where you would say, like, bench everybody, fire everyone, trade everyone, <laughs> the usual reactions that fans have, which of is course. fine, and that's what they're Major. entitled to. Major, got to love them. Um, there isn't much to change. Uh, you know, this is, no. this is a team that's only going to succeed as a team, and, uh, and you, have, you know, Islander fans may want something a little flashier, but I think they have to accept that, it, you know, if they win games, they're going to look a lot like – Carolina game, but maybe come out with the with the shootout win or that Ranger game and come out with a win in overtime. It's just the way it is. Yeah, and that's uh, like you said with Philpola, the, the consistency. Uh, that's what we all strive for. That's what teams are looking for. Obviously, as a professional athlete, uh, not just individually, but as a team, you're looking for that consistency. Who brings it every single night? And on top of that. Uh, you you want players in your room that have been there and done that, that have had success, that, that have won Stanley Cups, that have gone to the finals, that have, have uh, a ton of playoff experience. Uh, because for a young team, obviously, like uh, I look back with us at the Islanders and there wasn't a whole lot of playoff experience. Uh, and, and that was something why Mike and, and the team, like obviously Osgood, they brought him in is, is he had success. And you look to those guys. It's just natural to when you're in a tough game or we're in a playoff hunt or whatnot, everybody's like, Ozzy, what do you think? Like, what, what are we missing? What are we doing here? Because experience is the greatest teacher. 
And to have those guys in your locker room uh, not only just boosts your confidence, but it calms you down as well. Uh, you, you, you relax. You don't panic over certain little things, especially when it comes to the playoffs. And uh, so when you have that kind of experience in your room, it, it, it naturally turns to leadership. It just does because everyone, whether if you've made a run at the playoffs, if you won a Stanley Cup, naturally anyone else that hasn't is going to turn to you and say, "Are we okay? Are we doing fine? How you know what's happening here?" So I wouldn't be surprised at all because I every single year it always sounds like Lou's got something cooking. <laughs> we always talk, "What's Lou got up his sleeve?" At the end of when you hear no, when you hear nothing, you everybody always, assumes like, "Oh my God, he's so busy." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all with, you know, with, with Lou bringing in, you know, someone like that, bringing back a, a consistent player, uh, knowing full well that maybe he doesn't need a superstar. Uh, he needs someone that can play a role that can come in and do his job, uh, maybe take faceoffs, whether it's faceoffs or a defenseman that's a great penalty killer, whatever it may be. Uh, but more importantly, uh, bring that confidence, bring that character into the locker room to give everyone else confidence yeah and if I, I feel like if you're say michael del call or tom kunakal or one of the guys who's kind of uh, been in and out of the, the lineup even when everybody's even when there there's a need for guys um you know i imagine that this is a kind of game where if you're, you're yeah. aware of your surroundings you say okay if i don't you know show something here or, or play a very consistent solid game and do what the coaches asked me to do uh they might bring in someone while we're while I'm hanging out on the beach and then I come back and then I've got no job or I'm, yeah. you know, permanently a scratch. Uh, Absolutely. So, so I think that there's, you know, the challenge is there obviously for the top six guys and the top D and that's always there. But I think for the bottom six, which is really where, you know, the Islanders miss, you know, a guy like Philip last year, they miss Cal Clutterbuck a lot, still out with an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you want to be able to be a guy that provides that consistency and chips in a little bit. And if you don't, and you're the first one to go. You know, it's not Derek Broussard's not going to get benched. Josh Bailey's no. not going to get benched. You're going to get benched. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it just feels you know maybe maybe we're making too much of it because because there's a long break coming up, and even when they come out of it, there's still 33 games left. You know, nearly half a season. Um, it feels like they played a lot more than that, considering the busy January schedule. But um, you know, all is not lost, even if they don't come away with two points in this game. But it's, it certainly feels like leading into it, given all that transpired last week and, and the long layoff. And, and, you know, while they're on their five-day break after the All-Star break, other teams will be playing and other teams in their division might be yeah. playing. And, and that's going to got to be a terrible feeling to, to go into your break sitting in one spot and you come out and you haven't played and you've been you've been sunning yourself and, and trying to get some rest mentally and physically. And then you come back and all of a sudden you're, you're looking up at a team that was behind you. Yeah. And, and that's a, that, that's a, an, an anxiety that, that 80, 90% of the league feels, uh, unless you're kind of running away with your division, uh, you're leading the conference, everything is going nice and smooth, uh, for the rest of us, so the rest of the, the, the league that's kind of battling that roller coaster and finding that consistency that the, that, that the best teams in the league have, oh, this is a concern. This is a stressful time. That's not, uh. Uh, it's easy to turn around and say to the media, like, oh, I'm just focused on myself. I'm focused on the team. I don't care what's happening in the trade deadline. Uh, for the most part, that's kind of a lie. Uh, 
You're trying to convince yourself that you don't care, but when you're hearing rumors of yourself and you're talking about uh, uh, possibly getting traded to a new city, regardless if you've been there a year, two, three years, whatever it is, uh, this is a stressful time. Everybody knows it's crunch time going into the trade deadline. Even the uh, even the teams that are the players might not be worried at the you know the top teams in the league. But the GMs are looking at it. It's just, it's a matter of fact. That's just the way the business of hockey and pro sports goes is, yeah, even if you're you're one of those top teams, they might be looking to bulk up a little bit. So maybe if you're a younger guy, you're a borderline guy, you're a draft pick, where obviously you wouldn't be thinking about it in the room, but everybody's a little tense, a little bit more tense this year, or excuse me, this time of year. Yeah, and, and we're still over a month away from the trade deadline, but I think more and more GMs are starting to realize, um, you know, this the beginning of February, the end of this all-star break, this five-day break, this is really the time that you yep. need to start thinking more about yeah. these trades because you want to maximize your return, If you, especially if you're renting a guy. You don't really just want to rent him for six weeks before the playoffs start. You want him to get as acclimated as possible if you're renting, you know, if you're adding two guys, um, which... The Islanders have the cap space certainly to do, and um, you want them in as quickly as possible. And you want to, you know, yeah. and nobody really wants to set the market necessarily. But, uh, no, but if you if you never. identify if you identify <laughs> the guys that you want or the guy that you want, you might as yeah. well strike because you never know who else is lurking. So so I you know we're talking about it and we've been talking about it, but I think this break. Um, teams that are on the break right now, going into the deadline, going into the All Star break rather. Or, assessing their their rosters and other teams rosters and figuring out if they're going to be a buyer or a seller you know um and it started before this month i mean these gms if they're doing their job it's this has been a couple months or even a full season thought process on certain guys yeah and i and i do tend to feel like even if the islanders lose tonight um they're not going to be sellers they don't have a lot to sell you know last off season I think they made a pretty big commitment to a lot of guys, whether, you know, Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, Jordan Everly, guys in their late 20s, locked them up long-term. They obviously have some youth on their roster, but not a ton. You know, they locked up Semyon Varlamov yeah. for a while. This is the team, this core that they have right now is going to be the core for, for a few years. Um, so I don't, yeah. I don't see them suddenly turning around and saying, well, we're going to pack it in now. Like we're going to see if we can, if we can get you know, 10, <laughs> 10 cents on every dollar and start fresh. This is it's not how this, how Lou operates. It's not how Barry operates. I don't yeah. think either of them would have taken the job if they knew it was going to be a, a down to the studs type rebuild. So um, I do think they'll, they'll be in the hunt to buy whether they actually do or not is obviously up to other yeah. people than us. Um, <laughs> But uh, but I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about when I throw out that uh, trade board and some you know some comments from people outside the organization who kind of can see what uh, you know in, in very vague terms what what Lou is trying to do and nobody yeah. will ever nobody will ever tell you what he's really going to do so it could be could be something completely off the board that he's been thinking about whether it's uh, you know someone with someone who's not really been mentioned as a as a trade target yeah. or being available so. Um, I do tend to think that they will make some, some, you know, there'll be some minor surgery on this roster. But again, um, I don't think it's it's completely hopeless. I don't uh, I don't see this team as being necessarily a Stanley Cup contender, but I also don't see them as being a lottery team. It's uh, yes, I, you know, they're somewhere between that that sixteen three and two team that they were when that when the seventeen game point streak finished, and now 
Um, I think it's 12, 12, 12 and three since then. Um, yeah. I don't think they're a 500 team either. So, I, you know, I think they, yeah. Lou and Barry have to figure out what kind of team they have for this season and whether it's worth trading some assets to, to improve their standing and, and start to think about what kind of team they're going to be next season when they've got another year of Noah Dobson and maybe some other changes that they're going to make. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I, I hope I don't uh, uh, tick too many Islander fans off, but yeah, there's, they're not rebuilding, but they're still in the building process. And, and Lou knows that Barry knows that uh, they're not going to, especially Lou, he very rarely does he make a move that, that uh, doesn't benefit, that doesn't make sense. Uh, uh, not that he's been perfect on every trade in his career, but that being said, it, he, he just, if it doesn't make sense for his vision of this team uh, and yeah, the Islanders are a good team, uh, absolutely a playoff team, but are they, are they a Stanley cup contender? And those are the decisions. That's what Lou's kind of got to deal with. And, and yeah, I don't see them. There's absolutely no reason for them to sacrifice anything in the future unless the deal makes sense for the future. Yeah. And I, you know, when you look at their, um, their list of prospects, guys that are in the, in the system, you know, Noah Dobson is an NHLer now, and I don't think he's going to be going anywhere else anytime soon. So he doesn't really qualify. Nope. But but when you talk to other teams, or as you know, I've talked to a couple executives from other places, it's it's not a system that that has people that jump out at you as like, oh, you know, we would, you know, we definitely take that guy in a trade for one of our top end rentals or a guy with a little bit of term left. Yeah. It's it's um, yeah. it seems like it's a rental only situation for the Islanders, whether it's you know mid round picks. I can't see them giving up their first round pick, given the situation they're in. We have I to be hope re- not. You have to be realistic that they're much closer to the playoff cut line than they are to the top of the division and the top of the conference. So, um, yeah. you know, even if it ends up being nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, you, you got to be able to add some potential yes. high-end assets into the organization. So, exactly. Um, yeah, I, you know, we like I said, we can we can delve into this a bit more, but uh, but it all kind of. Uh, a little. It seems at least a little bit of it turns on on what happens tonight, and uh, I'm going to be watching with that. Uh, you know, from up above here in the garden, you'll be watching. Um, all the fans will be watching, and boy, will they be commenting if it goes a little sour. But um, that's what we expect from Islander fans. So it'll it'll be a long way off <laughs> for everybody if they can't pull out two points tonight. But if they do, uh, you know, maybe there'll be a little bit of relief in uh, in Islander country. Absolutely. You know, and, and the one thing fans got to recognize or realize a little bit more, only one fan base goes home happy every season. Only one. That's it. Everyone else is disappointed. I know everybody wants to win a Stanley Cup, but you got to remember, too, like where, where this team's at. And, I, and like we've talked about, uh, they're a very good hockey team. Uh, are they a team that could win a Stanley Cup eh, if they get a lot of bounces? <laughs> Yes, but I agree. they're building. They're 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 growing. They got some young guys. Barzell's still a young hockey player. Uh, Taze is still a young hockey player. You, you look at uh, where they are, and and there's a lot to be excited about as an Islander fan. Well, it starts tonight. And uh, thanks again, as always, for listening. Thank you, Mark, for uh, your important uh, input here. And uh, we'll be back again soon with No Sleep Till Belmont. Islanders podcast from the Athletic. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon.